Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Namaste. Good morning, good evening. Hello, where are you? Let me know where you're signing in from. If you're watching on replay, hashtag replay, let me know. I would love to see who has seen this transmission. In today's transmission came to me this morning, actually during a breathwork session. As soon as I was done the breathwork, I was writing. I was like, oh my God, I got to tell people. There was this voice that breathwork is interesting because it's an opportunity for me, opportunity for us to just kind of stop and just pay attention to the breath. Hey, Yana, what's up? I really want you to hear this. Um, this has been an interesting morning for me. Woke up this morning and had a lovely uh, walk in nature and came back and I did a breathwork session and had a huge revelation that I wanted to share with you about anxiety. And um, it's going to perhaps set you free or there's going to be one of two options. What I'm about to share with you is either going to be like, yes, I totally get it. Or, hey, Jen, what's up? Or you're going to, ex like, you're going to be incredibly pissed off with what I'm sharing with you. I'm okay either way. I came to, through this revelation not from, it's just from my own kind of understanding. The reason why I'm talking to you today is because I've been a sufferer of anxiety. I've been struggling with anxiety since I was a young kid, actually since I can remember. And I always had this thing of doing, 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 have to get learn personal development, as many tools as possible to help control my mind because they would go and spin off into really dark places and I would wake up with this feeling of like my heart just let me know if you can resonate with that waking up in the morning just let me know yep been there done that just write that in I'd love to see if, if I'm alone in this waking up and I just remember I was married at the time like years ago and I was in my early stages of my chiropractic practice and I was out there trying to help all these people uh, but I was dying of anxiety I had a hundred thousand dollar student loan I had a um, I was 20 I was 26 27 well no I was around 31 years old so this is around 15 years ago or whatever and I was like holy cow like it's about 14 years ago. I was like, holy crap, like, how do I solve this? I'm going to work each and every day helping people with chiropractic care. And I was just struggling hardcore with anxiety. How do I, how do I solve this? And I went on a, I remember at this one moment, I remember clutching my pillow, shaking in the morning and just making a pact with God and saying, God, um, if you were God, please, if you were to help me with help me heal this, I promise you I'm going to change the world with it. I promise you I'm going to uh, I'm going to change the world with it. If you can help solve this mental prison, let me know if you know what I'm talking about. Waking up with this paralyzing anxiety, and so I went on a path of personal development. And here's the latest of it. I think I've figured it out because I've gone through various stages of you know, changing my thoughts around. And then what I discovered two years ago was I, I could sit here and try to change my thoughts about it, but 
really there's an alarm state. I still don't feel safe in my body. And that's when I started to go into the body and I started to do breath work. Breath work is the best place to begin because quite frankly, if you have anxiety, you're not breathing properly. So why, I mean, that's, that's a tool. It's free. You do it anytime you want. You don't need anybody else to do it for you. You don't have some guru or a doctor to tell you, why don't you just start learning to do that? Because probably that'll take maybe 90 or maybe I would say it, that would take care of probably 50% of it. If you just learned how to breathe, and that's why we have our breath work and badassery, every month it's my commitment to you in this community to offer this for a for a investment that is affordable for everybody so that you can just show up and practice the art of going into yourself and into your body. And starting with the most primitive reflex that we have is our breath. And so, that's a great place to start. And what I noticed when I first discovered going into my body and doing breath work is if I just, for a focused amount of time, okay, hey, what's up, Sam? Um, for a focused amount of time, if I were to just sit and just consciously connect to my breath and go a little bit further, like 95% of my capacity in a rhythmic motion, my body, my nervous system starts to slow down and anything, any tensions that I'm holding on or lack of safety that I'm holding on in my body will then start to emerge and it will start to feel unsafe and it will start to feel scary. And the whole exercise of it is I'm going to persistently go into the fear because when this pain shows up, uh, the emotional pain or fear shows up, normally I want to retreat. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. When I do something that's uncomfortable, that goes to the edge of my comfort zone, I get scared shitless and I want to back away. But breath work taught me, the cool part about breath work is you go in with the intention of allowing whatever feeling to show up. It's very powerful. And I was like, fuck, what? And I did it two years ago for the very first time. And I got up and I was like, what? Whoa, I went into the fear instead of backing away. Cause it's just breathing. You, you're not gonna die, you know that, but your ego doesn't know that. So you start to, and so you start to, so that you start to approximate and then you get to listen to your ego going back away, but then you go, no, 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 that's my ego. I'm going to keep going. So it's the first step towards really differentiating yourself from your ego mind, right? And so what'll happen, what happened to me was I went back in time to the younger parts of myself that were really what was causing my anxiety. The anxiety that I was having wasn't because I had shitty thoughts going on. It was because of the alarm that was in my body long before I had cognition long before I had cognition. And so if you're one, and this is what we teach all of our clients, if you wanna heal from anxiety, which by the way, I highly recommend you make this a priority in your life because that relationship with your anxiety is fucking up your relationships with other people. It's affecting your connection to purpose. It's affecting your addictions, your mental well-being. Everything that you see not going well in your behavior is just a response to anxiety. 
everything that you're seeing, every problem that you're having, in, like butting heads in your relationship, you're in a toxic relationship, well, it's because of anxiety. You got into the relationship because of anxiety in the first place because you didn't trust yourself. So I want you to please write this down if you can really get this. What's up from Fort Lauderdale? If you can really get this, number one, anxiety, I want you to really get this. These are the discoveries and truth bombs that you're going to get as I share this. Anxiety is simply a lack of self-trust. Let me say that again. Anxiety simply is a lack of self-trust. That's what it is. So where does that begin? So I started unpacking. And then I realized ever since you are a little child, when you're born, there are two colors that you see, comfort or discomfort, white or black. There is no gray. And you spend your waking hours in comfort. And when discomfort comes up, you have a reaction. So you're either in comfort or discomfort. Now, based on the beliefs and experiences of your parents and their idealisms that they've gone through, maybe they have religious faith. You were raised as a Catholic. You were raised as a Hasidic Jew. You were raised as a Muslim. You were raised whatever. Based on those frameworks, okay, whenever your behavior would veer towards one side or another, the reaction of your parents, when they were black and white, good, evil, would respond and cause an internal disruption within you that would have you think black or white. So you live your life in this seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. This becomes your MO, and this is our first stage, which is normal. Then what ends up happening is if we don't grow up out of this black or white thinking, we then start to develop and we see there are two parts of ourselves. We go in and there's pain and there's pleasure. And when we experience pain, we judge it as wrong. It's the black part. I'm just using the two um, colors just to give you a, a, a demo of this. So what we do is we suppress that and we say it's wrong. So pain is wrong and bad. Pleasure is good. Black and white, right or wrong. And then what will happen is we then start to develop with understanding of religion. And depending on the religious beliefs that are indoctrinated into you, this is good. This is evil. So it's black and it's white. And when you do this, you get rewarded. And then you feel pleasure and you feel comfort. So you are now conditioned to go towards this. And when you do that, the bad thing, you're bad. The reaction and response, the facial expressions, the behavior of those in, ahead of you, like your, your, your caregivers, cause pain. And so you go, whoa, that's not good. So now what happens is you are now slowly conditioned to seek the pleasure and even if that pleasure is abandoning you because deep down because of our dna we require attachment in order to survive we must choose in every moment our authentic expression or attachment
So if the religious idealisms or the societal norms or whatever punish you for your authentic expression, you are conditioned to quiet it down and, and stuff it down, reject it altogether. But here's the problem with the psyche. You can't fully reject it. It stays there dormant. It's a part of you. You have a dualistic part of you. You have a deep core desire for your authentic expression. So then let's fast forward. We then go into a school system, a school system that basically says that you pass or you fail. If you do this, you get them right, you pass. If you take these courses and you do this, do it this way, then you fail. So now you're like, okay, so if I fail, that hurts. That's painful. That's darkness. I want to avoid that. And that is good. That's positive. Ah, so we seek that. So now, according to academ academia, you now have institutionalized conditions. Pass, fail. And what happens is when we are in religion and you go into religion and anybody, when you're institutionalized in it, you are taught that anyone outside of that, you have labels for them like the wayward the perverse, the worldly, people in Jehovah's Witnesses, if you're in the Jehovah, I know I used to date someone who got excommunicated from Jehovah's Witnesses, and the word that they use, the word that they use for people who are on the outside is the worldly. It's like, oh no, it's them, you know, those who we do not speak of. Institutionalized you know, it's institutional, it's covert, it's what I call covert institutionalization. And a little side note here is this is what the underlying root cause of anxiety is. I'm just giving you the whole thing. So now if you're outside of the religion, then you're wayward, you're perverse, you're going to hell, and you're good here, right? In academia, you pass, you fail. And as you go up throughout academia and you stay in academia, I have a good friend of mine who I would consider institutionalized academia. He's basically been in school all his life. He's like in his mid 40s, institutionalized. And what happens is when you're institutionalized in that way, anything outside of that paradigm is labeled. There's a label for it. Guess what the label is? Like pseudoscience. They're pseudoscience, unqualified, unqualified pseudoscience. These are the labels that the institutionalized give to those on the outside to keep them in their ivory tower, institutionalized in academia, right? In other words, here's the messages of religion is your higher self you can't trust your higher self. You need an inter intermediary. You need a book. You need a book outside of you because you can't trust your higher self. In academia, what they say is you can't trust your curiosities. So you must learn according to these specific standards, pass and fail, right? And then, because that's what's going to make you successful in life. Well, you take a look at somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk, who was like straight up D's and F's throughout school, and he's one of the most successful, fulfilled uh, people in humanity. He's written several books that have transformed people's lives. Look him up, Gary Vaynerchuk. He keeps talking about academia. He was like, I kept, he was just, it's not in my blood. I'm an entrepreneur, which I'm all about adding value and 
you know, solving problems and he's a great example of going outside of the institution. He was like, fuck the institution, right? And then we also have, so, you know, there's a, in, in the, in the religious is like, you know, the wayward and then there's good and evil and then you needed a book as for access to your higher self. In other words, you're, it's, not, it's not there within you. Now, we have the medical system. Then you start going into doctors, okay? Talk about institutionalized, Insti covert institutionalization. I know friends of mine who are doctors, good friends, and it's just in the training. And the, the training that you're institutionally put in, which helps you abandon self-trust, is your body, you can't trust your body. So check this out. You can't trust your higher self. You can't trust your curiosity of learning. And you can't trust your own fucking body. You need to put vaccines in. You need to put pills in. You need to call yourself a label because you can't heal. You're going to be, one of my clients was told by his doctor, well, you're on these anxiety pills for 17 years. I don't know if it was, can't remember. Did he say 12 or 17 years? Omar, let me know if it was 12 or 17. And Omar was like, doctor, when am I off of these, this program, these pills? And the doctor was like, never. You're going to be needing these forever. In other words, you're institutionalized. The Shawshank Redemption. You've been in the prison system so long. If you've ever watched Shawshank Redemption, is one guy was in it for 60 years and then was set free and goes out into the real world and he's like, I don't know who I am. So he, you know, they either try to commit crimes to go back in prison or he's like, I don't know who I am. And he killed himself because he didn't know who he was outside of this institution. And so many people are stuck there. And Omar was told that, and he was like, fuck that. He, he calls, he, he contacts me, starts, we start working with him, teaching him how to go inside, how to self-trust, because that's really what this work of becoming trigger-proof is really all about, how to self-trust, because that's the cure for anxiety. It's not a medical condition that you need to take pills for, that you're trying to get rid of. It's just a symptom of lack of self-trust. For good reason, you don't trust yourself too. It's very good reason that you don't trust yourself because it's covert conditioned institutionalization from the time you were born. Religion, school systems, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not here to bag on, on all of these institutions because they have a place. Of course, like I was educated in it. I grew up with faith in religion. Like it was all a necessary part of my development. Where it goes wrong, here's where it goes wrong, is when you are so possessed by the institution that you cannot see outside of the institution. That the institution that you're in is the only institution and that everybody else on the outside is fucking stupid and they're wayward and they're perverse and they're quacks, by the way, if you're outside of the medical institution, your label is quackery. So I have been labeled a pseudoscientific quack snake oil salesman since the beginning of my career. <laughs> this has been what I've been called, right? And it used to hurt so much until I got that the only ones who would label that to me aren't the ones who come walk with me and observe the transformations in people, observe the results that we're able to get. 
the 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 open-hearted truth of the work that we do the authentic kind of journey that it's that the spiritual journey that this healing thing is all about that's really what anxiety is it's a call to adventure for your own spiritual journey back into yourself to heal those institutionalized parts of you that you keep giving away your power to the school system the academia the medical system that oh your body can't heal well your, your curiosities they're not they're irrelevant if you can't follow within our framework and you can't sit still we're going to put drugs into your system we're going to call you attention deficit because your curiosities are fucking useless to us and this is who you are and then like robots we take the pills and stay in the institution this is the matrix this is what the movie the matrix is really all about that's really what it's about i watched the reason why i'm sharing this with you is because not only did i have a breathwork set session today um that really got me just felt sense presence of the whole matrix i watched the movie the matrix last night and i was just like wow this is that moment where morpheus basically says okay you have the red pill or the blue pill you take the blue pill you go back to sleep and back into your in other words back into your old fucking institutionalized lives or you because anxiety is what got him to kind of go what is the matrix it was his anxiety this deep knowing within himself this knowing let, let me know if you know what the hell i'm talking about this knowing within myself Okay, professional students as well. Yes, 100% Celia. Professional students can, unless they're inspired by it, truly inspired by it, they are institutionalized. And here's the crazy part about it. The people, so there's the, the, the let me tell you about the last one first. So we have the religious system. They call you wayward and antichrist or anti whatever anti-semitic and whatever it is like whatever i don't want to anti-semitic is that's a racial thing um it's 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 about racism it's not about what i'm talking about here um it's so we have we have uh, religion we have our school systems we have the medical system you're a quack if you're outside of that and the last one is the legal system which is protecting you know the public you know you're either guilty or you're innocent, right? And so here's what I discovered. Anxiety is covert institutionalization. It's the unawareness that you are in this matrix and that there is an inner voice inside of you that in order for you to stay in the matrix, in, this institution, in these institutions, you must abandon that inner voice. But here's the fucking problem. That inner voice cannot be abandoned. It doesn't go away. It shows up. Anxiety is that little inner voice calling to you saying, stop abandoning me. And the solution is to go inward and rescue, rescue that little child that was institutionalized to be good to survive because it was conditioned for our survival to abandon our authenticity in service of approval. And then it shows up in our daily lives very, very obviously. I can't show myself in front of people because what are people going to think of me? I don't really know who I am. I'm anxious all the time. 
And here's what I've noticed, whether you're a doctor, whether you're uh, uh, an academic, whether you're a lawyer, and or whether you're a teacher, sorry, not an academic, uh, yeah, whether you're a teacher or an academic, um, or a in religion, deep into religion, those are the four categories of people that when they come to me, I are, are dealing with the greatest level of anxiety. Let me say that again. The, the, and this might trigger you, this, and, and that's okay. I have to tell you this. I have to let you know. It's my, probably not going to make me very popular, but this is like I'm your Middle Eastern Morpheus right now. <laughs> I'm here to wake you up, to let you know that anxiety is a normal, healthy response to abandoning yourself in favor of these institutions. And the ones I notice who come to me as clients are doctors, are teachers, are people who with strict fundamental faiths. The more, in fact, the more fundamentalist your faith is, sorry, I know you're going to hate me for this. The more fundamentalist your faith is, the more anxiety you have because you have a split personality of two parts to you. You try to be that good, but you got that fucking little dark side. And you know it's there. You don't have to fucking hide it from me. I know it's there. I know you. <laughs> You're part of universal intelligence. So it's there. Very seldom do you have places, communities, where you're allowed for that expression of yourself to emerge. But what I'm telling you is if you, if you truly want to heal from your anxiety, you must allow that to emerge. But the problem is you've been so fucking conditioned to be in the institution that you might even be possessed by it. You might not even know that you're in the midst of it. So I wanted to give you three little signs that you're institutionalized <laughs> i was like before i was just i wrote them down after in my journaling i was writing them down it just came through and i was like i'm gonna share this with you and this is gonna fucking piss some people off <laughs> does this make sense this is gonna piss people off don i want you to rewind and watch the beginning this is pretty crazy I want to see these crazy uh, hello from Fort Lauderdale tuning in from back okay great let me know if this is resonating with you if you're paying attention is this resonating with you let me know if this is or if I'm already pissing you off okay so here are the three signs that you have been institutionalized okay three signs that came to my mind and I wanted to share it with you sign number one is you're afraid to try anything because it conflicts with your beliefs. I had a person um, before my breath work and badassery last week message me and say, I just want to make sure that where I'm going, uh, that, that I'm participating, that it doesn't contradict my Christian, my Orthodox Christian beliefs. If you are not willing to try something because you're afraid it conflicts with your beliefs or talk to someone because it conflicts with your beliefs or participate in something because it conflicts with your beliefs, you don't really fully own your belief. You don't fully have that certainty about it. It exposes your uncertainty of your – it exposes you don't really believe it because there's a difference between believing and knowing. 
there's a knowing that that happens within you when you start to heal those those abandoned parts but because you're fragmented it from it you start to adopt different beliefs that are outside of you because you don't have a connection with your own self so you start listening to people and saying tell me what what to believe and i always dreamed that i was going to help people by un helping them uncover their own wisdom that's inside that I want to gain wisdom from. I'm like, tell me what you discovered. Wow, that's interesting to me because I honor the wisdom that's inside of you is the same wisdom that's inside of me, that's inside of universal intelligence. No one person has a fucking monopoly over that. It's just, are you aligned with it or not? And I like to spend my time and learn from those that I can feel are aligned with theirs. You can feel it. You can feel when someone's got a mask on. If I look back at my videos three years ago, I can totally see the mask that I had on at the time. 100%. And I'm not saying it from in a place of shame or self-judgment. I just knew that at that time in my spiritual development, I didn't fully trust myself. So because I didn't fully trust myself, I had to put on a mask to please you because I didn't feel that self-knowing. Uh, Does that make sense? So the net result was, you know, one of my good friends who's been, you know, following me for a while and we've been following each other's careers, he, was, he just told me on a message, he goes, really, you're, you, you've really been on fire lately. You come from such an authentic place. I'm really proud of your growth and he's like this is what he said he said I don't feel like it's so much of a show the Dr. Nima show that you used to put on and I said of course that Dr. Nima show that I used to put on was actually my younger self because as a teenager as a young person um, the only way that I really felt seen by my parents was when I was doing something or putting on a show that's when I would get like feel seen by them the only way is if I was on stage they would they would I would have these my brother and I would do these really fun entertaining skits like you know we we love like um Saturday Night Live. We would watch Dana Carvey, Hans and Franz. We used to do this like thing, Hans and Franz. Remember that in Saturday Night Live? We're here to pump you up. Like it was like a like an Arnold Schwarzenegger spoof. And so we, my parents would have their friends come over, and then they would say, "Hey, Nima, go do Hans and Franz," because my dad, you know, wanted to put on a show, impress his friends, and so we had this thing, and everybody would laugh and cry, and I just felt so seen in those moments. So in those moments, the Dr. Nima show was born, and it served me quite well because, you know, I would start rapping on stage and attracting people to what I had to say and then doing the work, and then it was amazing. And the more that I would work on seeing and fully owning myself and connecting with those abandoned parts, the less, the more, the more certainty I had with the truth of who I am, the less of a show that I needed to put on and the more really transformational content I could do because it, it wasn't about me being seen anymore. It was truly about serving. You know what I'm talking about? So following and we'll rewind when you're done. Perfect. Um, I'm following wholeheartedly. Thank you. Thank you. So if you're afraid to try anything new, that's number one sign. If you're afraid to try anything because it conflicts with your beliefs, then you don't really have a knowing of who you are in the first place. That's a sign you've been institutionalized. Let me know if that resonates with you. Or does that trigger you? And that's okay too. Number two, 
sign that you've been institutionalized. Check this out. And this is big with the whole COVID thing coming up. All right. You have a bitter opposition or enemy. Like you take a stance. Okay. You're taking a stance and you have a bitter opposition with the other side whether it's pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, whether it's conspiracy theory or complete blindly accepting every fucking thing that the government tells us. Whichever extreme that you're on, pointing the finger at the opposition with emotional like, like rage, chances are you've been institutionalized because the truth is in the middle. The soul knows that there's, everything's included. You know, you break down light. You break down light, okay? And it pretty much has everything in the spectrum. And so your soul genuinely knows that and it calls to love. But in our premature, you know, wounded, you know, immature parts, we see black and white opposition, okay? Whereas the mature wisdom part of us sees nothing but love, sees that every, everywhere has a place and that's your, you know, that's the level of your maturity. So I'm going to also share with you, if you have parts of you that are feeling institutionalized, what to do, I'm going to tell you about that. Number two and number three, number three sign. So number one sign is you're afraid to try anything outside of your beliefs. That's one sign you've been institutionalized because listen, I'm willing to try any, like, take me to your church. Take me to your satanic church. Yeah, I'll sit with curiosity. I'll be like, okay, so what are these people all about? I'm not afraid of being, like, polluted by their shit because I have a knowing of who I am. Take me to your fucking KKK meetings. I want to listen. I want to actually listen to these KKK racists, okay, and hear where it comes from. There's a there's a movie on Netflix you got to watch. It's called Accidental Courtesy. Racism is a big co conversation right now. Holy cow. It's becoming a black versus white issue right now in the United States. God, God bless America right now. Prayers to each and every one of you in the States going through this fucking turmoil with race. This movie, everybody should really watch the show Accidental Courtesy. This will be the solution to the race problem. Is this man this black man that befriends a bunch of KKK people and says, look, let's go for coffee. I want to hear about where your beliefs come from. But in order for, for him to do that, he has to have a full knowing about who he is. He has to have done his own healing work to be able to sit across from the enemy. He has to get out of his institutionalized hatred, which can happen on both sides. You can institutionalize yourself in like victimization. <laughs> There's institutionalized victimization against the white people as well. So there's people who just want to keep punishing white people for all the crimes that they've done all their lives. And that's also a form of institutionalization. But I guess I... You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation become becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves 
to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Get where it comes from. It's unhealed trauma wounds. When we fully heal, we no longer see opposition. We see the other side as mirrors of their own unhealed wounds. It's actually a very beautiful thing. This is how we get our clients who are bitter enemies with their exes who are abusive. And just by doing their own healing work, all of a sudden they have fucking compassion for the people that abuse them. And I'm not saying this is about like victim blaming. And I'm not saying this is Stockholm syndrome, that they're just like compassionate towards their abusers rather than owning their own power. No, this is the opposite. First healing themselves and fully going through their victimization healing process. And then finishing on the other side going, this happens naturally. I, I'm working with them. And this one woman, you can actually see it. it Heather, Heather Davidson, just look at her video from her session that I did with her on Monday last week. She was raped when she was three years old by a 30-year-old man. Okay, just check it, go, go, go down and watch her testimonial after her session because she's been doing therapy for years. She's gone through terrible relationships, four marriages, just everything falling apart. And we just did that one session. Go check it out. And what she did afterwards, which blew my mind, after she healed and connected with her three-year-old inner child after the trauma of that happened and she discovered the magnificence that came out of that, which is in and of itself a challenge to see, but the methodology that I've come up with helps you see that, she was able to go, oh my God, I saw him as a monster. I see him as a pathetic, weak man. I feel sorry for the guy. It's like, boom, that's how you empower. You can become institutionalized in your victimhood. It can happen. It's like your identity. And to see anything outside of that is like, Argh. all right? So number one, you're afraid to try anything, <laughs> anything outside of your beliefs. Number two, you have a bitter opposition or enemy then you've been institutionalized in, in, a, in, a, in a thing in one form. Or number three, here's number three, is you're heavily triggered by what I'm saying. Like it's, you're very angry. You want to throw something at me. You want to say, fuck you, Nima. You want to say you're wrong. You want to say I'm an asshole. You want to say, how could you? You want to say, how could you call me out? And you're about to fucking just go on the keyboard and just go, you motherfucker, I can't believe you. Ah. If you're heavily triggered by what I'm saying, it means there's a little message there for you. It means that you are likely institutionalized covertly through no fault of your own. And I'm going to encourage you to watch the movie The Matrix. <laughs> because 
this is that moment if you want to change and free yourself from the fucking matrix that was in your mind and then to do what to discover you are the one to discover that there is an inner voice that that you can discover and find and you can heal your anxiety but only by going back to those wounded parts of you that you were that are lost that have been abandoned in service of these institutions for approval and when you give that approval to yourself an inner voice emerges from you that is so powerful that is so empathetic that is so wise that is so loving that you realize that we're all in it together and that you have gifts that you would love to share you start to connect with the gifts that you have you're because you're out of the institution institutions block creativity look at this ted talk by sir ken robinson highly recommend you go write that down the ted talk by kit by sir by sir ken robinson he says education educational system kills creativity this is what i'm talking about he's a really famous educator probably one of the greatest ted talks with the most views sir ken robinson how education kills creativity this is what i'm talking about in order to find that creativity we must connect to that inner voice and john d martini says a genius is some john d martini my mentor says that a genius is someone who listens to their soul and obeys and and it's so rare to find geniuses because we're so busy being institutionalized by other people's voices and so the whole goal of becoming trigger proof is to not only emotionally regulate to heal your relationships to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma but to find that inner voice, to be able to know how to tap into it so that your very next move can be done from a place of inspiration, not a place of fear of not getting it right because of this whole black and white thinking. And when you do and you connect with that little child that only saw black and white, you start to see green and you start to see orange and you start to see there are many colors it's not just black and white and that black and white are actually an ink when you really look at it they are actually inclusions of every color and that's really what I wanted to leave you with this is a revelation I had today in my own kind of journey inside I try to create a sacred space every day to go to go inside to gain that wisdom. This was what came through me, thanks to um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and uh, <laughs> what was it? what was his name? Keanu Reeves. Thanks to Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves in that brilliant movie, The Matrix, which I highly recommend you watch. And it's an honor to be able to take the role of that Morpheus for my clients because. My job is to help to awaken you to that inner voice, to know that you don't need anybody outside of you, that that answer is already inside if you just have the courage to break free from this kind of institu covert institutionalization that's where your anxiety is actually coming from. And I know that the medical system will call me a quack, the educational system will call me pseudoscientific,
the uh, religious um, community would call me antichrist. The uh, what would they? The legal system. I haven't broken any laws yet. Oh, my chiropractic board might say, "Wait, what are you talking about? You're not practicing inside the scope of the legal limit of what chiropractic is." Sure, and they could make an argument that this you shouldn't really be talking outside and I'll, I could say okay so what do you want to do well we're going to take your license away okay you can't stop me from sharing th these views and because I I don't I don't subscribe to any institutions I think that they all have a place I watch them that's what the cool part about the overview method is that's why I call it the overview method because I overview all of those other systems and determine them to be institutionalizations that didn't start with me that didn't start with my parents that have been going on for generations and that in order for us to start to rebuild a new world we must frack like we must break free from the matrix of that old one which as you'll notice little by little it's starting to crumble and to create a new one where we have healthy relationships where we have empowered lifestyles where we choose what we put into our bodies where we uh, do the work that's inspiring to us uh, that makes a contribution um, and we have relationships that feel conscious that we don't feel like we're imprisoned in that we're choosing that we have secure attachments in, that relationships become a place of nourishment rather than a place of absolute depletion. Imagine that. All of this on the other side of committing to become trigger-proof. It's seriously, that's really the answer. I, I truly believe it. If you're just jumping on now, I can't stress this enough. You got to go back and start from the beginning and really share in the comment section what your greatest takeaways are because this is probably one of the most important kind of re revelations that you can have that's either going to wake you up and inspire you to go and become the kind of author, self-authoring of your life to claim your own personal authority, or you're going to still institutionalize yourself, be, have a fractured awareness of who you really are and who you're acting yourself to be, and living with anxiety and thinking that some sort of hypnotherapy or some sort of retreat is going to solve it for you or some pill or some guru or whatever and start, it's time to start learning how to do it for yourself. So I really look forward to uh, all this does resonate with me. I don't experience my chiropractor naturopath. MDs are pointless, but I've had MDs say chiropractors. Yes, exactly. They're the institutionalized ones, Charlotte. Exactly. This is exactly what I'm talking about. There are great MDs out there. The ones that have seen their medical degrees as just an institution, that it's not the end-all and be-all. One of my good friends, Russell Kennedy, is one of those doctors who basically, thanks to his anxiety, he fucking got out of it and was like, this is all just an institution and it doesn't work. And he went kind of woo and spiritual. And so that's why I really like the guy. Um, but essentially, you have a way out of your... Um, anxiety and that is to break free from those institutions now i'm not saying it's easy please don't get me wrong i'm not trying to paint a garden path for you it's a process so it's taken me a couple years to really heal those abandoned parts of me that i kept was conditioned to abandon and it gets abandoned every time i get triggered i it's kind of like retraining my nervous system not to self-abandon that takes time. It takes effort. It takes a community. It takes a willingness to learn. It takes self-study, self-practice. That's why m many people don't want to do it. 
because they'd rather put it on a fucking doctor to do and not take that responsibility and say, oh, my doctor says I have it and I'm going to need it for the rest of my life. Just like what Omar's doctor said. And Omar was like, forget that. And just last month, he took his last anxiety medication. He's been doing it for 12 to 17 years. I'm not sure which of those two numbers, but over a decade, decade and a half of taking pills, he got off because he learned. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, oh, I get it. I'm the one that these were, I got to go back. I got to go back in time and rewrite the entire narrative of my life, not just cognitively, but I have to rewrite it in my body and create safety and reconnect to those forgotten parts. So if you're actually inspired by this, I want to, tomorrow from this time, actually from noon to 5 p.m., I'm going to put a little, let's see, here it is. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to put the link there. Um, I'd love for you, if you feel inspired to, to join us. Here's the link. We have my, with my whole community and tribe, we are going to um, delve deeper into healing those forgotten parts. And we do it as a community. And we all do this to unplug from that matrix and to become, you know, self-authoring of our lives. So to find that inner voice, to learn how to obey it and the most important thing, the net result of all of this, over time, what happens is you start to develop a self-trust. Self-trust is the opposite of anxiety. Self-trust is the opposite of anxiety. Self-trust means, I don't know what this COVID thing's going to do. I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know how things are going to go as we ease in. I don't know how, you know, anything is going to go. But I trust myself wholeheartedly to be able to respond rather than react, to take responsibility and be able to serve from a resource place the people who need me the most around me. And trust me, there's people around you that need you to be at your best. This whole group is dedicated to teaching you how to take responsibility for your nervous system. That's how we do it. We just get access in inside and then start to tr transform our lives around us and slowly as we do this we bust out of the matrix within six months a year two years you look around and you now have created a life that's of your choosing of your design and you've awoken up from this sleep as um, morpheus says and um yeah, you're there. So let me know what came up for you in these uh, in this conversation, what resonated with you. And I'd love to, if you have any other questions, um, I'd love to uh, to field them and, and keep giving you more trainings. If you know somebody that really is going through a lot of anxiety, please add them to this group and tag them in this training because this could make the difference if they've been searching always outside. Oh, somebody help me with my anxiety. Well, how about learning how to find the answer inside? That would be a worthwhile thing because I can give you a fish or I can teach you how to fish. That's what I'm here to do. Take good care. And if you just jumped on, make sure you go back and watch it from the beginning. This one was because blew my mind when I discovered it this morning. See you at the next perfect time.